Welcome back, baby. We are live with the Matt McCann podcast once again after what feels like forever, even though it was just August and now it's September and summer's over. So don't get, you know, weighed down with the September blues. Instead, enjoy a nice podcast uh, with me and Rob Walsh, a.k.a. the Irish dog father, talking about dogs and dog psychology. This one is sick, man. Rob is a genuine dude with a real passion for dogs, for dog psychology, for training dogs, for dogs having better lives, man. And this is an awesome conversation. Uh, We talk about the history of dogs, a couple of amazing anecdotes and the origins of Shih Tzus and ancient Chinese royalty. Um, I won't spoil that one for you. And we go into also tips and insights for making your dog's life better, for understanding a little bit more what's going on with dogs and how you can give them the best and also probably deal with some problems if you're having them. Uh, I know I found it tremendously useful. I assume everybody else will too. And if you don't have a dog, it's actually just good crack as well. Looking forward to talking to Rob again already. Um, If you haven't been following for the last while, I've moved the podcast to Substack. It's still available on Spotify, YouTube, everywhere else. Uh, but Substack is the main place where it's going to be. Um, it's called Monk. And that's where my essays and podcasts are going to be put up every week. And they're going to be sent out to people by email. Because I'm starting a PhD in the ethical issues of social media. So I really need to start getting off social media. I know that probably doesn't make sense. But I have to do it. Because it's fucked up. Uh, but that's a different podcast. So if you haven't already, uh, Monk is in the description. Uh, You can click on it, drop in your email. You'll get the podcast and essays emailed to you every week. They look very saucy. A lot of people have really been enjoying them. So highly recommend that you go and do that. And without further ado, here's the interview. Oh. Welcome back to the Mahan McCann podcast. I am super excited to be joined today by Rob Walsh, the Irish dog father. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. Thank you for having me, dude. It's a pleasure. Man, it's a pleasure to get you here. And as I was saying beforehand, like probably the most hotly anticipated podcast, Brian Lincoln, the producer, said he's even going to listen to this one. He's very excited (laughs) about it. (laughs) So like people are buzzing, man. Awesome. Why don't you tell us a bit about like how you got started in in the dog game? Yeah. You know, uh, what what attracted you into it? So, um, so I've I've always been completely obsessed with with all animals, not just dogs. And um, I was like, we 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 had um, we we had we had one dog when we were, or we had two dogs when we were kids. And um, the first one was called Duke. He was a little Yorkshire Terrier, and he passed away. I think when I was like three or something like that. And then we had our second dog when we were about I was about nine but we actually we couldn't keep her because she was a collie and used to just jump all the gardens and, and go exploring so we didn't get to keep her um, but the, 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 the most important dog of my childhood was probably uh, my cousin's dog Paddy um, he had a Labrador called Pepsi and um, my uh my childhood was, was I was pretty much always in their house with Pepsi. It was kind of little rascal kind of style. Um, me, me, my cousin and my brother running around getting up to all sorts of mischief all over uh, Ranlow with uh, with Pepsi. But um, I really, really though it, it dog that really kind of changed my life was um the first dog that I got myself when I finished college. And um, he was a, a Rottweiler I adopted called Bruce. Uh, Bruce was a cheeky boy, and uh, he was he was really 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 obedient with me, but not so obedient with my mum and with my brother. My brother in particular, he like he would kind of like he would he would play with with my mum and and listen to her, but he did not respect my little brother at all. And uh, yeah. There was a case where Simon, I'd say Bruce was about five months old, and um, 
like a puppy, but a Rottweiler puppy, so a big boy, like. Big, like. And, yeah, yeah a powerful, powerful machine of a dog, like. And yeah. when when I used to get to a certain point on the green, and we'd, I'd let him off, and it was like our fun and games kind of point. And anyway, Simon got to that point with the dog and didn't let him off the lead. And Bruce then decided that he'd play a new game called Rip the Trousers Off. <laughs> So, um, so my my poor brother had to had to deal with that and and came home. We had a serious family discussion that evening. And I was I was told in in, in no in, in very plain English that uh, you have you know a finite time to get a, get a handle on this dog or he's going back. So um. I think that night I enrolled myself in dog training college and and um, I think because me and Bruce had such a strong bond um like it 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 really I, I kind of I've, I've said it before and like I've I found my calling through Bruce like and and through our relationship like it 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 opened this world of of dog training and dogs to me and now fast forward to 12 years I'm um I'm a very, very busy guy. <laughs> yeah. That's sick, man. It sounds like a labor of love, really. Like, you could imagine some people in that yeah. situation, you know, just saying, oh, we'll get rid of the dog. But instead, you're like, no, I'm going to become a dog trainer. No, 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 no. I would have, like, I would have, I would have become homeless quicker, like, than giving him back. Yeah. <laughs> if it came down to it, I would have just fair, left fair. with him. <laughs> yeah. I had a Rottweiler for a while as well, actually, that I minded that was. And there's some beast, like, he'd go under the table, and then if he stood up, he'd flip the table. Flip the table with them, yeah. Like they're, a, they're absolute machines. An entire and kitchen. As well, like, they, get, they, mm. get a, they get such a bad rap, like, and yep. honestly, like, they're just, they're no different than any dog, like, they just, they're, like, mm. they, they're, I don't know, I think, I, think you need, I think you need to meet enough of them to get that, um, that you know stigma away like and they really mm. they really are they really are they're such intelligent dogs and um mm. there's there's there is a humanness in their eyes that like maybe a collie and a german shepherd have them sometimes as well but um but i don't know there's just something about them and as well like when bruce passed away a couple of years ago when he when he when he died we lived we lived in um in Sandyford, uh, beside one of the little stops up there. And you know, there'd be a bit of commotion, you know, most nights, like Friday night at kind of last Lewis half twelve or something like that. And um when Bruce died, the first time since I'd gotten him and it, he died I think when he was seven or eight. I think he would have been seven. And it was the first time in those seven years that I had to actually think of like, whoa, what happens if someone breaks into my house? Like, like, like he was like having, having, having a big, strong dog with a guard sense like that is essentially mm-hmm. like having a double barrel shotgun just pointed at your door. Like for, for the whole time <laughs> yeah. Bruce was alive, I felt mm-hmm. so safe. And I, I'll give you a funny story actually years ago um, yeah. in my mom's house when I was still living back at home. I came home from a night out, maybe like I don't know, half one, two a.m. I noticed that the the hand, the, the bottom handle on the door was completely loose, and I was like, "That's kind of strange." Didn't think anything of it. Went upstairs, two dogs are there, give them a pet, get into bed. I go downstairs the next morning, and I see that the door is actually not in the right place. I go back and look at it, and somebody had crowbarred the door open and broken into the house. And I slept in the attic. So Bruce would have been in the attic or up on the attic stairs waiting for me. So some burglar walked up the stairs and would have met my Rottweiler and my mum's Mastiff. Uh, my mum at the time had a, <laughs> had a, 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 a dog de Bordeaux, which is possibly even scarier mm. than a Rottweiler. <laughs> and, Shit, man. And I'd, I'd, say, I'd say the person nearly dropped dead of a heart attack seeing that in front of them but um yeah the obviously he managed to get out of the house because we didn't find a body but um i i I would say he headed out fairly quick i would pay so much money to see what happened like 
But uh, fuck man. Yeah. yeah, like having a big dog, like the, the the peace of mind. Like I sleep like a baby at night, knowing that knowing that there's dogs mm. and and you know protecting me, like. And um, yeah, I mean that's I, one of the kind of the peace of mind of it. And um, what what do, what do you find nowadays? Something I'm kind of obsessed with is like modern people and dogs, and like our relationship with dogs, and like yeah. the kind of anthropomorphizing that goes on like uh, for some people dogs yeah. are like babies and they have them in prams yeah, yeah, yeah. you know other times yeah. they're guard dogs but the this kind of weird phenomena of like dogs becoming people in a sense yeah, is that strange. something you see I mean, yeah oh all the time man i have i have clients that have wardrobe like the, the, the dogs literally would have would have a different outfit for every day of the week nearly like or or a hundred, a hundred different bandanas, like depending on the weather and the occasion, the Christmas bandana, Paddy's Day bandana, like, and um, I mean, he thinks it's stupid, but the other part of me thinks like, you know, what the hell, like, what, what I, what I don't like is actually carrying around young puppies and and you know giving the puppies a, a complex and um, mm. you see that you see that an awful lot with chihuahuas and chihuahuas as a whole are quite difficult breeds uh, or they're quite mm. a difficult breed you know they're very very barky and they're known as being a bit you know yippy and, and, and nippy and just kind of quick to temper mm. sort of and um, yeah and when people when people baby a breed that already has a kind of a, a predisposition to display those certain behaviors, all it does is amplify them. So um, a lot of the time, what you're actually doing is you're taking the dog's ability to display their behavior and display what they're feeling and their emotions. So a lot of the time you're actually doing you might think that you're mothering your dog or kind of spoiling him, but what actually you're doing is making him really stressed and wound up because he can't say to this other dog, I don't want to be your friend or, you know, I'm not interested. Like you're ta- and, and if you have clothes on them, that's another layer. So like dogs, dogs will express their intent through their, uh, their shape, you know, a, a high tail, a low tail, back ears, low head. And if you put your, well, for example, in a onesie, he can't display his behavior properly. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like my issue with that. I have no problem with that when the dog is socialized and old enough. But a lot mm. of the time, people do it with puppies, and that actually causes a lot of behavioral issues. Yeah, that's really interesting because that's kind of what I would have guessed almost like, you know, if you you're kind of interrupting a developmental process a little bit, like they need to yeah. kind of figure things out to a certain extent. Yeah, well, it's it's it's, um, it's literally it's hmm. it's it's there uh, aside from barking, like it's communication like and dogs can communicate yeah, at a distance. I'm up for it or I'm really not up for it. And most hmm. well-rounded socialized dogs will take those social cues because that's what they really are social cues and mm-hmm. and either just part ways or they'll run off and have a friendship or they'll have a fight like and um, yeah. and you're really restricting all, all communication fronts if it's wearing a onesie <laughs> you know what I mean not to say that it's yeah. not cute because yeah. it is cute but that's the problem the problem is that we find <laughs> fucked up shit cute like mm. <laughs> Yeah, man, we really, uh, you can get a bit pathological with the, the cuteness thing um, when they're, you know, you have to be so communicating with each other. Breeds mm. that are just destroyed because we like round little squishy things. <laughs> and we've just bred them into the most obscure shape that doesn't really suit them. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of, I suppose that's a little bit what I'm thinking of here, which is like the human influence on dogs and like yeah. how that goes right and how that goes wrong like in terms of yeah. domesticating dogs goes, like, do you think barely, it's it very, it very, i think <laughs> in the last 100 years it it hasn't been right at all i think i think there's there's really? maybe off the top of my head there's like two or three breeds 
about that we've done well with. And, and not, it's not even breeds, it'll be literally individual breeders who have made it their mission to save a breed mm. that has been destroyed. There's a brilliant documentary I think all your listeners should, should check out. I think it's made by the BBC. Yeah. It's called Pedigree Dogs Exposed. And mm-hmm. it, it goes into deep details about how messed up we have made dogs since the dawn mm. of, um, of dog shows and breeding. So back in the day, like I'm talking like two, three hundred, four hundred years ago, historically, we would have bred dogs who be good at a task. Every single dog, mm. purpose. It was either it was either a purpose or a pet. And yeah, the pets had purposes. For example, Shih Tzus. Shih Tzus were the mm. royal foot warmers for the Chinese, um, the Chinese uh, royalty. That was their pur- their purpose no was way. to get into. The- Get into the, the royal chamber, into the duvet, and warm up the bottom of the bed so that then the you know nobility would come in and put their feet on the dogs so that they wouldn't have cold feet in their bed. And like that's that's how that's how you know you're a guest like. For example, pugs is another. Is the absurd. Chinese are were, the Chinese were were they did crazy dog breeding. So um. Like one of my favorite breeds, I would never own one. I wouldn't even pet one. Is the the history of the Tibetan Mastiff is one of the most interesting things. Um, mm. it's 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 an ancient ancient breed, and like it it goes back thousands and thousands of years. Same with the the Chow Chow, the Chow Chow, which everyone would would actually know as the the Chinese lion. You know that stands on the on the globe with the black black tongue a, and. Yeah, lions. yeah, that but those yeah. the chow chows are are Chinese lions, so to speak, and um, mm-hmm. and they they have massive uh, significance in, in China and in, in kind of mythology almost as well. But the funniest uh, Chinese dog story I think has to be the pug, because there's there's so mm-hmm. many funny things about the pugs that nobody has a clue about. So. The reason pugs are wrinkly, right? You won't believe this. The reason are wrinkly is because ancient pugs in China, uh, the wrinkles spelled out the word prince on their forehead. The the the, the, the wrinkles literally literally it, it, it spelled out prince, the Chinese word for prince, on their on their forehead. And yeah. um, secondly, uh, the only reason pugs are in existence in Europe is because the English stormed the royal city and I think they took 16 pugs and pugs pugs in China at the time had more rights than peasants and um, they were they were only allowed to be owned by nobility uh, if 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 a servant or a peasant was seen to be disrespectful or to hurt a pug they would be executed and um, they, they honestly had more rights than people in in ancient China, which I find Fuck. insane. And um, so anyway, the English the English steal the the sixteen pugs from the the siege of this you know the the ancient city, and um, they then they then bring them back to court, and every everyone loses their shit in Europe about these you know little hilarious dogs, and their temperament. And so it then became a social thing in the noble circles and the kind of society or, you know, the upper society of, of European um, monarchs. And one was gifted to uh, the original William of Orange, who isn't a very life man in Ireland for obvious reasons. And, yeah, especially not hilarious. Belfast. There's a, yeah, there's, but there's a really funny story. About he so basically at the time he was warring the Dutch were warring with Spain, and Spain had sent two Spanish assassins to uh, to kill him, and they were they were camped out somewhere um somewhere in Europe I can't remember where it was exactly, but there's two Spanish assassins sneak into his tent and get past his guards and they're literally like standing over him with a big dagger, his pug wakes up and wakes w- wakes up the guards then who run in and siege or you know take them so house of orange the dutch royal family always owned pugs 
because one saved the head of the household, or you know, the the historic man, William of Orange. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's my that's my little my Chinese dog box for you. That is absolutely bizarre, man. He's probably like, I mean, Bel- Belfast. I mean, I'm surprised more people don't have pugs in the. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. They're the it's, true it's, dog of the House of Orange, like. That's um, that's impressive, man. Um, but it, yeah, I guess it's like that that kind of history of dogs, but then taking them out of that context, obviously that they were evolved in, and taking them into now modern times. I mean, yeah. can dogs like do they live on? Is it okay for dogs to be living in isolation in people's houses? I know you talk about them being pack animals. I mean, yeah. See, my, do, you, do you think my, that's my, my good whole... for dogs? I think the problem with with a question like this is that, like, it's like people. Like, mm. you know, you're gonna you're gonna want to do different on on Friday and Saturday. You're gonna want to do different things than I want to do. Like, so every dog mm. is different. Some some dogs will thrive with never playing with another dog, and so and. You know, it's like people, some people aren't social. They're not outgoing. Like they're, you know, they're like reading and quiet. And 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 dogs can be the exact same. You'll find across the board, though, like most dogs prefer to play with another dog. Like, and um, there's certain, like, our Chihuahuas and Jack Russells are kind of known for being a bit independent. And huskies as well. Huskies can be a bit kind of standoffish, almost a little bit cat-like, kind of in in terms of their mm. independence. But um, in terms of isolation, I don't think I don't think any animal, I don't think any human should be in isolation either. Like, I think I think I think when you go into isolation, I think and um, and say um, not to say uh, they will be like dangerous behaviors or anything like that but like you know i think bad habits would kind of come to the to fruition through mm. isolation with the dog i don't think any dog should be isolated no but if they weren't socialized mm. then if, if they weren't socialized you can't um it may it might have to be in isolation because it doesn't know the language the dog language and it might you know some dogs have a short fuse and they might bite. And if there's a case that they will bite another dog, then it's too high risk to socialize them. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, across the board kind of way, way to paint it really. Yeah. There's no straightforward. And is that something people should consider when they're getting a dog or like with their dog that different yeah, dogs have different needs? Like you should yeah, know is, the type is, of this breed is, that suits your. This is the thing that I waste so much energy on because <laughs> really? it happened and man this week i'm not i'm not naming names if 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 mm. if these people listen to the podcast i'm sorry but like there's two dogs in the in the last two weeks all the people would have had to do is look up the energy requirements of the breed and they would have been like we can't get this dog and the problem is is that people see a puppy in a park and they fall in love and they have this romantic idea about what their life is going to be like when they get this puppy, and they and and they they don't do the research and the, like literally one Google you find uh, a Staffy, a Hungarian Vizsla, uh, you know, any any kind of like you know like active working style dog, you'd look like a, a German Shepherd for example, a German Shepherd puppy like it will it will wear you out like you know what I mean they're 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 not they're not for the faint of heart like. Same with this. any any working German breed is going to require even a Labrador. People get labs and they think it'll be a walk in the park. Like labs can go for two three hours easy, like. And um, hmm. a lot of the time, the people just don't work out. And it's as simple as how much time do I have to exercise this dog? And it's the it's the easiest analogy. And people need to be honest with themselves about every day. Because it doesn't matter if it's rain and snow and sunny. Every day, the dog needs to be exercised. And um, it's like, I, 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 had a, I had someone say to me recently, like, you know, well, we just, we just can't commit to that. And I say, well, you bought the fucking dog. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? What Half do we do dog, from like, here? Like, yeah. yeah, it's your mm. dog now. 
Yeah. It's yep. hyper bonded with you. Mm. And as well, it, what, what I get really pissed off with is people don't understand what happens when you get a dog. This is something I, I was really, really like, okay. not, not, not depressed of lockdown, but I knew, I knew what was going to happen is that when people went back to work, all these dogs were going to be chucked into, into shelters. And like, I work, I help out in the shelters. And when, when you'll find this interesting, the psychology point of it, when, mm you buy a puppy or you, 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 you adopt a puppy, that puppy like hyper bonds with you. You are, you are essentially their parent. It doesn't matter how long time goes when that dog sees you, its brain releases endorphins and love hormones. And like you can, you can abuse a dog, neglect it, throw it away, come back in eight years time the same response will happen around that dog when it was a puppy. So they, they, they are almost like meant like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, neurologically, they, they, you know, they are part of our family. Like they really, really are. They look to us the way we would look at a loved one. And in, in your own family, the, the brain response is there. And, um, and it breaks my heart to think that there's so many dogs shelters and pounds up and down the country that you know they the, the dog became an inconvenience and they were tossed away like an old couch and uh, this is a living sentient being that has its brain has bonded to your family and your your core group and you know you just wanted it as a novel idea during covid and you didn't actually think everything through and it just it to me it shows how really selfish some people are and 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 you know quick to just you know fuck it out the door because it didn't suit like and it it's sad it's just, it's a, it really is a, it's it's almost like a commentary on on society like or you know not society Consumerism but some people or something. yeah that yeah man it's it's like this this is a sentient creature like that loves you with mm. every single part of its DNA and you know it didn't suit anymore so fuck off like and I, I I as an empathic person who loves animals I cannot I cannot wrap my head around it and um mm-hmm. and yeah it just it makes me it makes me very upset man to um mm-hmm. and and, that, and that's the situation and the government do fuck all the government this year Gave the greyhound industry two million quid. They didn't give any shelters. Fuck all, like. So, um, yeah. mm. it's it's a it's a sad state of affairs, man. And the and I don't know if you if your viewers have seen it or want to see it. I'd strongly recommend not watching it. It is hard to watch. The RTE did a, a an expose on the greyhound industry about a year ago, maybe two years ago, and it's it's. The stuff that goes on in this country with greyhounds is harrowing. Like it's it's American mm-hmm. horror story stuff. Like there's yeah, really really evil things happen in the greyhound industry in Ireland, and um, I don't and nobody nobody should should support greyhound racing in Ireland. It is it is beyond barbaric. Like yeah, as in the dogs when they get out the other side, that they're just essentially they choking them or they're. Man, they're so, worse than chucking them. Yeah. They get on. They get, sometimes they get put in a boat to China, for for meat. Like mm. they go live in a meat farm, like, and you know there's, okay. like, like I, I don't I don't even want to go into it too much because it'll just make us depressed. We'll both start crying. If 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 yeah, people I want to it. see, <laughs> if yeah, if people want to see how messed up it is, check out the RG documentary and have the tissues at the ready because it is a serious tearjerker it's really really hard to watch mm. and but <laughs> the, the knee-jerk reaction of the government to what on one aspect support a dying trade there's so many booming industries and, and entrepreneurs that in this country could do with a hand and a dig out but no they they prop up a dying industry that abuses animals and pat themselves on the back over it. And I just think, I think it's absolutely disgusting. 
And uh, it's quite shameful mm. that we as a nation kind of didn't really bat an eyelid about it or, or seem to care, like. But yeah. I don't know. If you send me the link, Rob, I'll include it for people um, in the description if they want to watch yeah. it. Because, um, yeah, yeah it I think like that, that BBC one I was talking about is on, is, is, is on YouTube as well. But actually, if we can go back to what you said about uh, yeah. the dogs and um, what we have what we have done to dogs like mm-hmm. i'd like to talk about the bulldog for for just like two minutes and yeah 200 years ago a bulldog skull normal dog cranium shape you know what i mean it had an elongated nose and it had a skull cap that was a circle now they're over it literally there's there's a there's a, a not a graph but a kind of slideshow on this pedigree dogs exposed and it just does like flash every kind of 20 years and in that 200 year space of time the bulldog's nose just goes inside of its own head and the scientific name for that type of face is called brachiocephalic and or brachio in short and that is the biggest problem with dogs at the moment is is that we have we have created dogs that literally cannot breathe and mm. i think that's the most messed up thing that humans have done with dogs to dogs in 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 in, in kind of recent history we like we create things that cannot survive like i mean nearly that's so uh, interesting, very... man. But fucked up, but mm. fucked up, man. And so there's a and there's a lot of brachio dogs, like, and these are all the dogs that when you see me or someone like me, when the temperature hits, you know, twenty five degrees, and I'm saying don't walk your dogs, I'm I'm really talking about the brachio dogs because if you ta- if you take a boxer out in in heat, a bulldog, a pug, um. A Shih Tzu, any squashed face dog, um, literally just dropped out on the side of the road. Like, like it, it, it takes it takes very, very little for a brachio dog to get heat stroke because they don't have airways. And a common surgery that vets do nowadays is trachea widening or nose drilling. And um, just the fact that it's it's a sorry state of affairs, like. And um, and this is where we're at, and and as well, like if you if you meet Frenchies or Bulldogs, you you see how how funny they are, and they really have personalities. But I could never own one, just because of the the fear I would have constant. Like I would, I'm I kind of worry anyway. I'm a bit of a catastrophizer, and um. I I would lose my my mind if 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 I if I have to think that my dog might just drop dead because it's too hot. Like spontaneously, um, yeah, fuck. It's mm. it's it's a it's a terrifying thought to have, like, and it happens, man. It's Every a really summer yeah. dogs come into the vets mm. with heat stroke, like. Yeah, and have expired. It's a it's a weird thing, like because breeding. If you're thinking about like the aim that they're breeding the dogs with is probably for aesthetics, or is it for a particular? Or it was for aesthetics, and now it's just become oh, kind man. of deformed down the line. Um, because we're kind of doing it's, the same it, thing, and it's people. it's even I mean, it's it's <laughs> say that it's for aesthetics, right? Mm. With, with, with if you want to take bulldogs for example, um, bulldogs. You, if you go onto Instagram now and you you start you start spamming hashtags in, very quickly you'll find a breeder, and a lot of the time you look at the words that they're using, it'll be like you know tricolor this or blue that. These aren't aren't dogs like pedigree dogs that you're selling. What you're selling is your marketing, like like this is a marketing mm. scam, like. There's no such thing as a yeah, tricolor a bulldog. There's no such thing as a tricolor mm. bulldog. And and these people, I'm gonna get shit for saying this, but I don't give a bollocks, man. Come for me. Like it. it's 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 complete fucking marketing and money. It's greed, man. Mm. Greed, 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 greed. We don't need to make mm. any more dogs. Like this is the sad reality in Ireland is we have too many dogs anyway. But breeders don't stop Very breeding. Interesting point. 
Readers don't mm. stop. It's a money man. game, they really, isn't going. it? It's a complete money game, man. This is a business. And it, it, the statistics yeah. just came out. Of Irish, um, we spend some of the most money on dogs in the world. More so than Americans, like, which I found insane. But we And that like, goes back mm. to what you said earlier. Like, we really do love our dogs. And they are part of mm. our family now. And, like, me me, like me, and my partner, we've been together 10 years. Like, and, like, I'm sure we, we might have kids one day. But for the next couple of years, like, it's just dogs, right? There are babies, like. Yeah. Yeah, and on that topic, I mean, for people that do love their dogs, and I know loads of people listen and do, like, how can how can we create the ideal environment for the dogs? You know what I mean? I know there's obviously, like, routine stuff, but what what do you think is routine, the best routine, way for people to is, do it? Dogs love routine. They love routines. Like, my, my, my staffy is, he's going to be 10 in a couple of weeks. And, like, by God, if you if 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 I start waking up at a different time or start walking him at a different time or not feeding him at the usual time, like he he can see that he's out of sorts. Like they thrive on routine, and this is the most important thing I could say to people when they're training a puppy, is that like you set your timers, and I swear to God, the dog will start telling you one or two minutes before the timer goes off. Are we about to go for a walk? Are we about to go outside to go to the toilet? And another, mm. that's a quick tip for, for people that have puppies that are currently toilet training is do, uh, do 40 minute intervals and just bring outside and, um, try and attach a word to the, you know, desired effect. Um, if, if, if it's, uh, if it's going to take a wee, the best thing that you could do, or the easiest thing you can do is sometimes is to piss in the garden yourself. And the dog will pop No way. Uh, I wish I yeah. hadn't known that. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. And I'm sure some dog trainer yeah. will slag me over it. But I don't care. It works. Like, And the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Like, And if you've got an expensive home, which all of us do in Ireland at the moment, uh, you don't want piss puddles. You don't want your floorboards warping. Yep. Yep. For real. Mm. so routine and building up to them walks you know depending on the breed i suppose you have to have different kind of some need more some need less exactly they all need exactly and and as well it can be kind of strange as well if you have a giant breed it's like you've got to be so careful Mm. like you have a great dane or a mastiff if you do too much exercise when that dog is young and the dog will want to exercise because they're puppies and they're crazy and that dog like if you let if you let allow the Great Dane to run around like a big silly puppy, that will be a dog that will be crippled with arthritis as it's older. So if you've got a giant mm. breed or a really heavy breed, you've got to be very careful with how much exercise they get while they're young because you could actually be creating, you know, a lot a lot of headaches down the line. But yeah, mm. no, it's 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 routine, 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 man. One thing that people make a mistake of doing is only doing physical exercise with the dog mental stimulation is as important so um mm. if people want to google uh oh, enrichment games that's that's the the, the term for it and yeah. um these are things like like little kind of puzzles for your dog a really easy one to do is to take a handful of dog food and just throw it through your grass and then it becomes a sniffing game for the dog. The dog has to then sniff it out and find it. And um, yeah. as well, sometimes people are obsessed with walking quickly and they think you need to run the legs off the dog and do a giant lap of your area. But actually studies have shown that if you do a slower paced walk and let the dog sniff more, it gets much more mental stimulation from that walk. So we'll be much more tired for it. But yeah, I think a lot of people, more and more people, I think, realizing that the mental stimulation is as important as 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 the physical um whereas back in the day you know people wouldn't have really stimulation with their dog that's would have something i never would have thought run. of I, yeah, yeah i don't think i yeah. ever would have thought of that man um but it makes sense like and if it tires them out as well yeah well it's just, obviously is a bit more meaningful look on a day like today when it's raining sideways and like you just want to do a quick lap of the block um there's these brilliant devices called uh, snuffle mats or Kong um, Kong wobblers. And it's basically this thing where you you throw loads of dog food into it. And 
it stands on itself and the dog has to figure out that he has to hit it and one treat will fall out at a time. Um, there's mm. things like that. There's another thing called a snuffle mat where it looks like a mop head upside down and you sprinkle uh, food into it, rub it around, and then the dog has to, it's like a little puzzle, it has to go in and find between each strands where it is. And um, there's lo- loads of things. And it, a lot of them are free as well. So if, if people want to want to Google um, mental enrichment games, um, on a rainy day, it's a, it's, a, it's a game changer. Yeah, man, that sounds like a, a real way of kind of, yeah, getting them that extra kind of bit of work for them and something to do without having to like... Yeah, and a lot like, of do like, dogs want to work laps. as well. Dogs love to work. Like, yeah. Um, mm. Like if you if you have a German breed in particular, the German dogs they thrive on it. So um, mm. yeah, I really really recommend you do like and talk as well. People, the most if anyone can take this home from this conversation, I would be so happy. Playing tug of war with your dog does not make it aggressive. That needs to go. <laughs> in the bin okay that's bullshit being an idiot with your dog being being an idiot Mm. with your dog will make it aggressive okay but tug of war is one of the most powerful tools that you can use with your dog the problem is is that people Mm. sometimes let tug of war get a bit too um aroused and maybe a bit of growling gets involved and like tug of war really what it is is it's an obedience drill it's a, you know, you mm-hmm. put them in a sit, you put them in a stay, you hold out the tug, you release them, they get it. You have a little tug, you let go, wander off, you call them back, you start again. Or, you know, you, you know, you can, there's, there's so much you can do with tug. And it's, it, it is a really, really powerful tool. And sometimes people don't actually find what I, what I call the motivating tool. and in my experience, dogs are either, they have two mindsets. They're either a food dog or they're a play dog. And play dog meaning your main source information for the training will be a toy, it'll be a tennis ball, it'll be a tug-of-war game, it'll be a stick. Whereas if they're food, when they're learning a new behavior, you'll be using meat or cheese or something really strong smelling. And as time goes on, you'll use kibble or something that basically doesn't make them fat. And uh, like uh, uh, guide dogs are trained with carrots because otherwise they'd be morbidly obese. Like. They get so, um, <laughs> so clever. So yeah, but but also like find like anyone who's listening, put your dog in front of you, put it in a sit, put it in a stay, put a tennis ball down, and put a sausage down. See what, see what it goes for. Like, if it goes for the food, you've got a dog that's food driven. If you've got a dog that goes for the tennis ball, and the tennis ball might be too too low, maybe maybe a, a squeaky chicken or like you know a little those little pig toys or something like that. But um, like like I have I've I've a couple of dogs and they're all different. Like two of them are two of them are food driven mm. and two of them are play driven. One of them is so food driven that he loses his mind and cannot focus. So I have to use, um, I have to use play, because he he's he's too he's he he, he cannot focus on the moment mm. because he just wants that food and he's he's yeah. he's like he's literally like a crackhead when he sees that food come out like, and uh, he lo- he loses he loses all logical thinking so it it actually <laughs> he can't reason it makes anymore. it makes yeah no he he's he's insane like this is a dog that. Is he's zero to a hundred? He's a sleepy lump in the house. But if you leave the house with him, he's doing backflips off walls. Like he's there. That's the staffy Frankie. Nice. You may you might have met Frankie mm. down the pub one of the days. But he um yeah he's a proper little elfler now. When you take when you take him out of the jeep up the mountains, like he's like let's go, and and just like just absolutely sends it up the mountain. And people, people can't believe he's as old as he is. And Staffies are one of those breeds I talked about earlier that they will just go and go and go and go and go and go and go. And I, f- I find as well, you either, there's two types of Staffies. There's 
couch potato staffies and there's ADD staffies. And mm. later you could have a complete 50-50 split. So, um, yeah, it's <laughs> like, be careful if you're thinking about getting a staffie. Not, not, because, not because they're bad dogs. They're one of the best dogs in the world. But they have boundless energy. And then, um, mm. like the first, the first, the first two years that we had Frankie, like, and I'm, I, he was my, the third dog I'd owned myself, and uh, yeah, a different, different machine altogether than my other two dogs. Like, mm. he just, uh, there's they something just, you're talking about have, there, some... which is like dog self control almost. Sorry, I wanted to jump on that before it went past because I thought it's so important for like, yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking about like. How do you how do you teach a dog essentially to like say you have a dog impulse that's like control. barking at people too much yeah. impulse control like it gets too excited it starts barking you know yeah. how would you start to address that problem like how do you build that so problem? if so that's the that's kind of two questions right okay barking thing mm-hmm. your brain for the barking thing is is I kind of split all right so how mm-hmm. I stop dogs to bark is I will attach a verbal command to the actual bark itself because all dogs know if a dog is over one year old, they've been told no an awful lot and they know that, okay, they're probably not supposed to be doing this. So sometimes one of the problems that people get with dogs is they talk to the dog to understand what they're talking about. If you attach a verbal command to the behavior, he knows what that behavior is. So then if you attach no speak, oh, oh shit, he doesn't want me to talk to bark at this man. So that's how that's how you stop that actual behavior. But impulse control is a whole different ballgame. And impulse control okay. has to be done gradually and you and you work mm-hmm. up towards so mm-hmm. I give you like a really high intense um situation uh, you're taking a Christmas turkey out of the oven it falls on the ground the smell hits the dog it sees it most dogs that haven't been very well trained will just eat that turkey right up but yeah. if there is a dog that has been gone through enough impulse control staining you catch him you look at him you say hey Billy sit down stay years of training come to the top of its mind and it's able to handle the stimulus that's in front of it and a lot of the time Mm. people might do stays house in the in the in the gardens but the most where most people not fail but they they don't continue the training by implementing what's called the three d's and this is like the most important thing with dog training right so most Mm. people get to what i call the base level base level would be when I'm standing on top of the dog like I tell it to sit, it sits when I tell it to stay, it stays if I'm 10 feet back from the dog and I give the dog the commands, will he listen to me? If the radio is blaring out death metal will the dog listen to me? So these are distance duration and distraction so most people get to the base level, but then they fall shy. And they, they, your average person thinks that when dog knows the behaviors, that's it. We're done. Job that's over. But done. no, that's yep. only the start of it. When, when, like, I can, I can teach. Mm. Honestly, I can teach a puppy all, all the basic commands in, in an hour. But that's 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 not even the start of the work. The the real work is the three Ds. So. By increasing the distance, that's, you know, how far away the command has a hold over the dog or the dog will listen. The duration, how long will it stay in the behavior before it decides, fuck this, I'm out. And um, the distraction is, you know, how long can your dog stay focused with what stimulus going on all around it? Like? So, um, mm. so, yeah, if people don't do enough stay and wait games with food, like the scenario we explained, the kitchen turkey falling out of the oven, that all yep. training goes out the window because they haven't put the work in. So, yeah. 
So like, mm. you know, like getting getting a puppy is is no is no you know. It's 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 not a walk in the park. Like it's 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 full on. You can guarantee you're giving a year of your life away. Like, and if you've got a new house, a new job, or a young kid, do not get a puppy, because you'll have a mental breakdown. <laughs> you won't enjoy yourself. A dog is supposed a dog is supposed to improve your life. Then mm. I feel some people are very naive when they get a dog and they don't really. And a lot of the time, I come I come over to people and. Unfortunately, I have to be, you know, of bad news because I've seen I've seen it all in twelve years. I swear to God, I've, I've everything that can be seen at this stage. And there's been a couple of times where I've just had to say, guys, sorry to say it, this is not the dog for you. It's um, you're you you know you're like I the other client I talked about how, you know, they said we're we're just not really willing to put that in, and I said, well, you know. This is that's, what the dog means, like, yeah, yeah, literally, like, fuck, and it's like it's like your car at the petrol station. It's like this car needs diesel, you know. You put it in, like, and um, yep. it it, it won't it won't work it won't work otherwise, like. So, mm. yeah, yeah. it makes you think about young people... dogs as well. Mm. That like, if you get them young and you mess up, then you're gonna have all these other problems down the line, like. Well, it, what, it's what, almost what, you wonder why what I do in the shelter is fix these traumatized dogs that unfortunately some some person some person either intentionally or unintentionally you know destroyed and traumatized by but um yeah it's 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 mm. it's a weird world man the doggy world it's a strange one like yeah, it seems to overlap with all this kind of consumerism, impulsivity, people just wanting things because they look shiny. Um, and also, well, I don't know, Blind, Blind Boy said something really funny a couple of weeks ago. And it was like, like dogs don't exist. Like There's no, there's no scientific name for a dog. Like, like a dog is a, a canis lupus, which is a wolf. So like, scientifically mm. speaking, dogs don't exist, like. Like we we yeah. made them. They're not nat- They're not natural. We literally made them, and I think I think all of us should step up a little bit and and try and help the situation that we created. Like, like I mean, they 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 yeah, they were man. bred by mm. us. They're made for us, and like we just kind of you know don't really care about them that much. Like. And it seems like there's a lot of lessons there as well, man. I always remember from like having dogs when I was younger and stuff. Like, obviously, I wasn't the sole caretaker, but you learn things yeah. from them, and you learn a certain amount oh, of responsibility. Man. You learn care. You learn what it's like to yeah. have uh, a person that's not that's non-judgmental, that just loves you, who you're you have to yeah. take care of. I mean, there's you so, get there's a lot also, from that relationship. You do, man. But there's also something else. There's I'm gonna sound like mm. complete tinfoil hat wearer now, but like there there's there's something mm. unconscious going on. There's a connection there. Like I can tell, I can tell my dogs to go outside. Eyes, like they're they're so finely tuned into us. It's insane. Mm. Like, and and I, I I do not to say that there's a secret sixth sense that nobody's figured out yet. But like there's there there is there's something else going on. Like there's some form of connection. Whether it's them being just very tuned into our physical um tells you know you know yourself like mm. if you're pissed off your shoulders are more up and if you're happy you're relaxed yeah. like either they're more tuned into that kind of stuff or there is uh something unspoken that i i don't know mm. what it is but that's my it's my tinfoil hat piece for the day yeah, man, some sort of extra kind of, I don't know, psychological connect. But you could, I mean, yeah, if they're so dialed into do you find that that's a transferable skill set? Can you, do you find that with people or with any, have you found other areas that have improved because of your training of dogs? Not really. Uh, one one thing for sure, I'm very much in the present moment now. Uh, before, okay. um, before, before I was the dog father i man i used to fucking worry i was a proper catastrophe i'd be i'd be freaking out about things that were so far-fetched 
and unrealistic. In in my head, it somehow made sense. And mm. I think just from being around so many dogs and seeing how they are, I now am much more present in the moment because that's all the dogs are. Dogs aren't, yeah. they, can, they physically can't mm. think about what's coming. And they also, they don't really think about the past either. Like they're, they're now, they are the embodiment of now. And um, that's, nice. mass, mass, that's the, been the biggest impact that I think they've had on me in a positive one. And negatively, I've never, I'm always hoovering. I'm never not hoovering the cat. His yeah, <laughs> hair is all over. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything. I'm a hairy fucker. Um, like, my car, my car, <laughs> my house, my clothes. And my uniform for work is just... black. Like, so. I didn't choose Just well with the old hair. color scheme. Yeah, literally. And did you, for and the worrying, people... did you have to, oh, sorry, to cut across, did you have to do that to communicate with them? Because, like, I know if you're worrying, does that worry the dogs more? Like, does that impact, like, you think about, I know I've heard um, stuff from people. They, yeah, they can definitely kind of, they can definitely they pick it up. sense, they can sense if you're stressed or if you're, if you're really mm. upset. Like, yeah. when Bruce passed away, um, all of my clients, dogs, and my own dogs, like they, they were, they, they could sense that I was really, 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 really hurt. Like, and it, it, mm. the probably the most, um, the thing that comes to mind the most would be uh, Charlie, who is one of my, one of my, my golden girls, this one of the sweetest dogs, and um, you'll ever meet. Just heart of gold. And um, I hadn't even told this. When Bruce died, the business had just kind of started to take off, and you know everything was go go go. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't take any time off for myself, which I should have because I wasn't in a good place. Like I was, I was really messed up. Like, and um, but maybe in hindsight, it was it was good to keep working. Maybe the last thing I should have done was to lie around at home. Like, but. I came in. I came in to get Charlie, and he just came. And Charlie is a messer. She usually runs and you know grabs something, and then we play chasing around the house, like and she winds me up, like and I'm like, come on, we gotta go. Um, but this day she just came. She walked straight over to me and just put her head onto my lap and was almost like praying at me, which is something that she would never do. And um. And yeah, I just like, I just, you know, like just hugged her for, for one or two seconds. And I was just like, wow, I really needed that. <laughs> so thank you. And, um, yep. so yeah, I do, I do, they can definitely, they, they can sense shit. Like they can for sure. Mm. Yeah. And they kind of, they're not worried about social mores or about, you know, looking silly or anything. No. So they'll give no. you that affection, but no question. Like it's uh there's a purity yeah. to it. That's just art oh, wrenching really. Um, they're the best yeah it's beautiful they really are the best mm. yeah and hopefully people take better care of them man i know this conversation has certainly made me think more i mean i don't have a dog but the uh, yeah maybe my, maybe maybe i can get you in there i can I'll, I'll twist your arm and get you to adopt a nice senior dog we've yeah. loads of them there. get me one of those sh- shih tzus man i got a couple of those foot warmers on the go yeah, i'd had well, always well, wondered the purpose of a shih tzu <laughs> yeah that's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. you know you go. be good for the podcast <laughs> Yeah, well, man, um, I, so, I, we what, could do we could do a monthly segment where I I give you a breed of the month. Yep, a breed, and, and I'll test you, them out and see how we go. No, 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 I'll just give you a random fact. I've, I like I've so I've so many of these yeah, in, yeah. In, in in my in my in my little pocketbook. Man, yeah, I hundred percent. You should be posting these on the internet. Like these are fucking. I know, like, man. I know. Mind blowing too, facts. Like. My problem is I have too many ideas, and I I I I, I tire myself out with them all, and then just eat dinner and fall asleep on the couch so yeah I you've also to, got uh, like a pack of dogs which is yeah I'm, I'm, and i've done i've done 20k up a mountain so there's that as well yeah that'll but, do it um, um, where's the best place for people to find you and to avail of your services if i'm sure um, there are so many people in need of them yeah yeah for sure so you know, you're probably moment, already booked walk, up but well the walk the walks and the overnights uh, books are pretty much closed um because uh, because the spaces are limited, unfortunately. In the future, I, I, I will have a bigger premises and I'll, I'll, be, I'll be able to take much more dogs in. But for the moment, um, 
I can only really do training for the, the general public. And the best place to get me would be on Instagram as at, at the Irish Dogfather. Or my my website is um the Irish Dogfather dot IE. Or sorry, the Dogfather dot IE. I don't even know my own website. And the Dogfather. Um, Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. And we'll have merch drops and calendars coming soon. So um very nice. So yeah, it's all it's all on the up. Yeah, man, it looks good. It's the right industry to be in, and your passion for it is infectious, man. I can really feel how much you you love the dogs yeah, and how yeah, much yeah. this is like I know, thing, man. man. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was, I think I was born I really to do this. Like, no worries, man. I'm happy. Yeah, man. Happy that's to come fucking. On. That's powerful. Mm. Well, <laughs> thanks for your time, Rob. And I'll put all the stuff in the description for people listening. Find stuff. Oh.